You're tuned into Cowl Fans, the casual fans' home for Overwatch League news, a popped-off podcast. We're coming at you from the first branded studio in Tampa, Florida. I'm Alurimore. I'm Haller. And we have been gone for a couple weeks, so there's a bunch <laughs> of stuff that happened in the downtime. It, fe- it feels like this is the shortest you've had to ever wait for a Cowl Fans podcast. But it has been an actual minute since me and you were talking about Overwatch together in right. front of a camera. Yes, yes. <laughs> so last week you would have seen a, uh, an interview with Doc Haskell from Boise State University, mm-hmm. which was an amazing interview. Yeah. If you want to get an insight into a coach's perspective, highly recommend you go check that video out. I will make sure to link it right around here on our YouTube channel. Mm. Yeah, fancy stuff that I can do. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. it's quality stuff. And... Um, <laughs> There's also a lot of things that we saw that are going to be coming in the 2020 season that we probably aren't going to get to hit on today because so much stuff just happened in this week yes. of Overwatch. So we'll get to the 2020 season mm-hmm. as 2020 season actually looms upon us. Yeah. We'll have more information then. We'll be able to talk about scheduling and stuff. So mm-hmm. be patient with us. We may not be up to date. but Yeah, and the schedule come comes it, out in August. So right. then we'll have something really to kind of dig into than just being like, Florida's going to play two games, one in Miami, one in Orlando. Covered it. Let's yeah, move on. Right. So it'll be a lot. It'll be a lot more fun. We'll go a lot more in depth. Yeah. Really talk about what we think this means for for. I mean, this is our league. This is the fans' league, yep. right? Really talk about what this means for our league as a whole. So I want to jump right in to the hometown guys. I'm not ready to call them hometown heroes, but oh. the hometown guys. Yeah. So they expectedly got 4-0'd by the Titans. Yes. And, and honestly, this has been the busiest regular work week of my life. So <laughs> tell me what happened. Okay. Um, yeah, so we had the number one um, ranked team in the season standings versus the number 20. Went head-to-head, and it went about as you'd expect the number one versus the number 20 would go. On control, we actually had some good looks. Good. Um, That's traditionally been our weakest map. So, yeah, yeah. So that looked good because we got to show a lot of individual prowess. And it really felt like Saya Player and BQB stepped up to the plate. Saya Player popped off on McCree, particularly we were on Lijong Tower, and... The, the round that we won, it went to all three. We won um, Gardens, the one with the big tower in the middle right. of it. Um, so we were able to take that one just mostly off of Saya just absolutely popping, right? Um, but we, we ran an interesting roster. If you had asked me who were we going to run today or yesterday, I definitely wouldn't have said what we got. Okay. Because... You know, we picked up all these new players, right? And, like, look at this wealth of things. And, like, I'm wondering who we're... Like, I'm expecting to see Fate, but maybe we see Carrion because of his um, his established synergy he already has with Gargoyle. We see right. Swan. <laughs> so that was a bit of a thunker. And then... Yeah. It seemed like he was well-trained at fancy Arisha shield placements, but that's about the only compliment I had for Swan. Otherwise, it just kind of felt like Swan. Um, we also had Byram in the lineup, mostly playing Ana. Sure. Which, it felt like last stage, we were leaning more towards Hago's uh, is our Ana player and Byram is our Zen player. Right, and Hago's Ana was looking excellent. Yeah, and he did have one good sleep dart on the fourth map, 
But otherwise, it did, I didn't really feel like we were having big antis, big sleep darts, or anything of that sort from Byram. So those two picks kind of confused me. However, Gargoyle looked fantastic. They, he got to show a little bit of Zarya that he was famous for um, okay. on Control. He looked really good on that hero. I was very impressed by his D.Va as well. Um, Gargoyle seems like a great pickup. Very excited to have him on our team. Um, BQB played a lot of May. That looked really sick. Um, and we had Rain in. And Rain didn't overly impress me, but he didn't seem like he was in the wrong position getting caught out too much. Maybe a little bit on his Mercy, but his Lucia looked really solid. Good sound barriers. I was happy about four of our players. Swan and Byram, not sure, but we were going up against a Titan, so it was... It's a it's a it's a large bar, and it's, it's hard. Kinda... It's hard to say really whether or not they were really bad picks when you're going against the best team in the league and you're yeah. the worst. Yeah, but so. they didn't. Unlike some of the other players who had bright moments, they didn't. Swan seem to. and Byron didn't have too much. Yeah, maybe they were throwaway picks because they don't really intend to use them. Maybe just get you some time because you're going up against the Titans. You're not expecting to win. And don't show off anything that you're really yeah, planning. Yeah, maybe this is just a chance because you're not really, wins don't matter as much. You're just trying to try out these players. So this is your chance on stage to see if we're going to keep you, Swan. Go show us what you got. Sure. That makes sense. So, um, I did look through the scoreboard, though, and honestly, I expected Florida to get full held more. But it looks like they really didn't get full held. Um, we got... Full held. No, we didn't get full held. Right. On, uh, yeah, yeah. No, we um, we did decently. Like, if the I can't remember who the Vancouver Titans played, but they played someone earlier in the week um, who was supposed to be a much better team than us, right? And Hureg right. absolutely popped the heck off um, in this match. Saya player really contained Hureg. I. I can only remember him really popping off on Junkertown like once or twice. Right. Um, but for, for the large majority of the map, um, Saya was keeping him pretty contained. It was just um, Hawksaw was an absolute menace. Mm. I mean, this is the guy who we already saw locking Genji in the GOATS meta when it should be humanly impossible to get anything done and just wiping teams yeah. against all odds. And so that guy, every Dragon Blade was at least a 3K. It was disgusting. Yeah, the Titans were playing against the Dragons earlier. Yeah, so like a, a really good team, right? right? Literally a team that beat them a week before. Granted, a different meta, but still, that team had just right. beat them. And Hureg just popped off. And I don't think... People were really expecting to see Hureg every map like you are now. Like, you were kind of thinking Stitch was going to come in, right? Sure, because Stitch is a Sombra player. Stitch yeah, good he plays mechanics, Widow. He does yeah. good stuff. He's a good, he's a good hit-scan player. And generally, Stitch and Hawksall is their, like, ideal DPS duo. And then they bring in Solman Su if they want to play Doomfist. Or right. I, the reason they brought in Hureg back before Overwatch League when they were Runaway never really made sense. It was really when they felt like losing maps. It felt like when they brought in Hureg. So Hureg showing up was kind of surprising, but very contained in this match. But Hoxall was a menace. <laughs> Just wrecked us all over. But yeah, we, we held up. A, we, had, we had good moments. We, we put up a pretty decent fight, especially yeah. the first and fourth map. So we're going to move on to our standings. 
And standings are going to be especially challenging at this point to really understand. Yes. So what we said right before we went on break was mm -hmm. it really could be anybody's game except for the two teams that have been eliminated to get into top 12. Yes. Which is Washington and Florida. Mm -hmm. And that still feels like the case because we've seen teams win and lose, yeah. matches that we didn't expect them to win and lose. The meta's really in flux. I, I mean, they forced a 2-2-2 lock on them in the current without balance changes. And, and yeah, that's going to put a lot of flux on the meta, a lot of strain on the teams. And it really makes it so that we can't see who's going to constantly be winning or losing. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, we, my wife and I were talking about it, and we looked at the, the teams with only 9 and 10 wins, right? Yeah. They still technically have a chance because what they're competing with is against teams that maybe have 12 wins. So they have to come out plus three games to, to tie up and get, mm -hmm. get above them. So that's, <clears throat> that's really possible with seven games left in the season. Yeah. Five, six or five for most of them at this point. And then a lot of these teams play those teams that are competing for those slots. So. Right. So it, it really still kind of is anybody's game, but mm -hmm. I think by week, probably by the end of next week, if not the end of next week, the end of the third week in this stage. Definitely by the end of the third. By the I end agree. of the third week, we're really going to understand, I think, the, most of the top 12. It'll, I think by the end of week three, we'll be seeing yeah. a competition for spots 10 through 12. Yes, that's what I think. And you'll see that like probably all the way up to the end. But I think you'll start to see your top six probably solidify or at least yeah. top seven or eight. And maybe you see a little bit of competition at the top and a little competition at the bottom. But you'll have a good sense of, okay, these teams have made it. Um, I would say this week, it, this week did feel like a little bit of a death sentence for the Boston Uprising and the Toronto Defiant because they were sure. kind of in the runnings with everyone, but they those teams both played two games, and they've lost both of them, and they're in um, 18th and 17th yeah. on the ranking. So That's they technically still have a chance if they go on a run, but it's tough, especially for like teams like Toronto when you're dropping to the Justice. It ain't going to get easier from here, folks. No, it's right? not. Um, although the Justice do look better. I think I think we're finally at a point in the meta, even with Florida, um, even though we went up against the Vancouver Titans, I don't feel like there's any bad teams. There's great teams versus good teams, and there's a bit of a gap there, but it doesn't feel like there's that easy win anymore for a mid-table team. Which is actually kind of awesome going yeah. into the end of the season. Oh, for sure. That really makes it exciting as we go forward. Um, speaking of things looking crazy, the meta, what... I don't. I, I mean, don't. you put out a tweet. Yeah. You put out a tweet that says, "I expect to see May Sombra. We're gonna try and force a fake Sombra goats." Why did you say that? Because I, when you say crap like that, it happens. I didn't. I didn't mean to. I just. You did this to us. I just, We've seen so much heckin' May. I wanted to say something stupid. It wasn't stupid if it's right. I mean, I guess it was not the way I expected. Like I, I was saying, May goats. Because, I mean, I guess there was some logic behind it, right? Because teams really value point control, right? As that's, they should. That's the whole reason we've had the GOATS meta. And May could really be played like a pseudo-tank, right? Mm -hmm. You control a lot of space if anyone tries to push into you, kind of like a Brigitte does with her shield bash and her whip and everything like that. Um, you have your ice block, so if people pressure you too hard, you're not going to take damage, and you're going to completely you like act as a little shield. They have to wait. There's stall. So, and there's all sorts of things that May can do with her wall to mess up teams. Including so, her own. Yeah. So, Thanks, ladder. That's why I was thinking you could potentially... 
why I was kind of joking that you'd see May because teams could play her as a tank and try to like get away with a goat's meta and run Sombra or maybe even Soldier for his health pack, right? And now right. he's a Lucio. I don't know. <laughs> so that's that was my little that was my jest. Um, however. She seems to make a lot of sense in this meta because, first of all, out of everything, like, DPS and support meta, <laughs> like, crazy. It's a combination of basically everything and anything. I don't think there's, there isn't a clear-cut meta at this time. There's not. There's, it's brand new. It feels like we're going to fall into map metas. Like, we're already seeing, like, um, Temple of Anubis, Defense, the classic Widow Junkrat, that's yeah. existing. Um, and I think over time you're gonna see more and more maps like have metas based on points. Are you attacking? Are you defending? Et cetera, et cetera. But one of the the big things for tanks, we're getting a lot of Arissa and a lot of Roadhog. Yes, that's that's, that's a thing. That's happening. <laughs> so with that, May has come into play because May not only counters the Arissa Roadhog a bit, particularly the halt hook but discourages counters as well. So the May for just countering the Arissa Roadhog. Um, you probably heard them talk about this on broadcast, especially if you watch Thursday night, they brought this up a lot. But something that May can do with her walls is she can break line of sight on halt hook. Right. So if you see them throwing out at a halt and a hook, most of the time, like teams are getting really good at connecting with that. Really, really yeah. good. So all you have to do is throw up a May wall, and it'll cancel the hook animation because it'll try to be bringing them in. Your friendly teammate will kind of hit the wall, and the, the hook will break, break. And they won't be able to get that kill that they otherwise would have got. Um, and it looks like the preferred tactic for breaking Orisa Hog, probably at some point in scrims, was Wrecking Ball. You'll see it every once in a while, too the Wrecking Ball come out if there isn't a May on the team that's running like an Orisa okay. Hog on defense. I have noticed that. So May is really, really good at shutting down Wrecking Ball. And let, me, let me say that as a Wrecking Ball player. I see, I see May when I roll out, I roll back to spawn. I don't even try anymore. Because May, you're just going to try to come in. She's going to freeze you as you're pile driving in. And by the time you get to move, you, you adapt your shield. But it doesn't matter. You're frozen in place and you're dead. It's a terrible feeling as ball because you just want to like go quick, run through people, get out of there, harass their back lines, go get some health packs, kind of be a distraction. And May just doesn't want you to distract anything. You, don't, you can't go fast. Really sucks. So that's, that's been a huge thing. But overall, we've seen a ton of DPS heroes. There are 16 DPS heroes in Overwatch. Right. I would say there's only three we aren't seeing on a regular basis. And I'm pretty sure out of those three, there's only one we literally didn't see at all. But I might be wrong that that hero wasn't played. Do you have any guesses on the three? Since you didn't oh, get to gosh. watch much. Who do you think wasn't played? I'm guessing Soldier wasn't played very much. Good job. Okay. I'm guessing Sim wasn't played very much. Yeah, she was. She was used on like an attack by like gladiators or shock or something on Hanamura. Yeah. And third, I know we got lots of Reaper because I heard Malik was thrilled. Yes, lots is, of Reaper May was popular. Reaper May popular. So, um, who else is left? Do, 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 do. We literally never see them. I think we got to see their ult 
um, in like stage three for the first time, and people were very excited about it. Either oh, Chengdu gosh. or Shang Shanghai did it. I want to say on a point A of Hollywood is about the only map we've ever seen this hero. Um, shoot, I'm totally drawing a blank. Bad Widowmaker. Bad Wid. Oh, Ash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There still there still doesn't seem to be a place for Ash in the meta. I I think part of that comes with the fact that the teams are working out their DPS because Ash is. Like you said, she's kind of a bad Widowmaker, yeah. but her ultimate gives great amounts of point pressure. It does. Because it literally counts mm -hmm. as a body on the point. So I think as we go forward and teams start to realize we need a long-range hit scan, but we need a little more point pressure than we have. We don't have it for those clutch moments. I think right. we'll start to see a little more Ash show up. Yeah. Either is pairing with the Widowmaker or in place of the Widowmaker, just depending on what kind of comps the teams want to run. Yeah, I think she would have to pair with the Widowmaker, probably, because I feel I mean, like she could you always still pair with a Hanzo pick. for double sniper. Yeah, but she doesn't quite have the pick potential sure. that a Widowmaker has. Um, and you can only ever have that point presence when you have ult too, so it can get a little right. Maybe scrappy. like a maybe like an increase or a decrease in her ultimate charge will come through. Yeah, there. So she'll be able in to the do PTR, it more often. she um, has a reduction on her reload time because it's a it's an eternity right now. It is. <laughs> so hopefully that'll feel good. I can't remember if she has any other changes either, but it's just. When you can choose a hero that basically does the same thing but one-shots people versus having to get two hits right. with the Ash or Hanzo with Stormbow, you can get hits out a lot quicker than you can with Ash. It just right. doesn't seem like she has a spot. Yeah. But overall, just an insane meta. And then the support meta, too, just every combination of every hero. Like, I thought... Most people thought Brig was going to be dead. We've seen a fair seen amount Brig. of Brig. She um, Busan Mecha Base, very popular. And then I've seen a few teams, Mayhem included, um, and Mayhem was probably a little bit because he knew Hawksaw was going to be running Genji. Um, so we ran Brig a lot. But yeah. I have seen other teams run Brig as well on um, Temple of Anubis point A defense because you're usually gonna to break that um, mid ground. You're gonna run dive, and so having a brig there is good to kind of yeah. discourage and stun up some people so you can quickly get some kills. But it's been it's been nuts. Like there definitely isn't a meta yet. Teams are just kind of doing their own thing, um, and it's fun. Counters are it's every team counters what the other team is doing a different way. There's very rarely mirror matchups, so it's been it's been really interesting. Yeah. All right, you wanted to hit on MVP candidates a little bit, and yes. um, it it feels a little weird. MVP candidates feel weird, especially with the new stage and the new lock and the fact that we're just not seeing very much of them. Yes. <laughs> so, because all the MVP candidates are from the GOATS meta, right? Right. There is a report that came out that apparently the GMs made this vote before Stage 3 started, and it took them somehow a, a whole stage to count 20 votes. Um, but these MVP candidates were chosen by um, the GMs of the different teams. That's why you don't see um, Ding as an MVP candidate, because oh. you didn't have the stage three run of Shanghai, where Ding had mm. looked good before, but Ding I think... Ding looked good in yeah, stage Yeah, and stage three is really when he like def definitively was an MVP candidate. But unfortunately, there's none of him. Um, and then, yeah, the, the other choices are definitely a little bit questionable. Um, like, you feel like there could have been an argument made for any Shock or any um, Titans, player. Titans player, 
but still, like, maybe Janu, even by the end of stage two, looked like he was being outclassed by Choi Hyobin. Um, probably best shown in losing to Choi Hyobin in the <laughs> stage finals, right? Um, right? Even though I thought Janu was the best even in the league, stage one. So I could get kind of why he might have been put up there. Um, Twilight looks like he could be the best flex support in the game. Um, so that makes sense, but I feel like there's an argument you can make for Violet. Um, yeah, I, I know a lot of people were upset by it, especially like Gushui was a weird one, especially when you consider you didn't have stage three to look at. Right. And Gushui looked really bad in stage one. Yeah, he really, the spark really <laughs> didn't start to shine until stage three. Yeah. Like, and and now they really didn't look great this week from what I'm understanding. So um, Atlanta just looked really good. They right, had, I so, think they only played that one game against Atlanta. So I mean, so we'll it's, it's, it's odd. It's really odd. I, I've, I've not noticed this kind of an MVP thing happen in regular sports. It feels like they really only pull MVPs out of the finals of their, whoever wins their finals gets an MVP. Yeah, and that seems like the one that's more celebrated than the regular season MVP. Right. Um, is the finals MVP. And, and we kind of do it in reverse. We celebrate the regular season MVP. They get a skin, hey, Jonak, you're awesome, and then profit, it's like, Eh, profit. Profit. And, and I'm not, eh. I think, I don't really think that I love this. I think that we really need to probably move away from this. Overwatch League is sort of predicated on the idea that esports can look like traditional sports and yeah. pull in the same kind of engagement that traditional sports can, just with a new a new thing that connects to people differently in the way mm -hmm. that esports does. And I would really like to see them sort of move away from this regular season MVP being the big deal and move towards the... I, w I would have liked to see Profit celebrated more. I really think yeah. he deserved it. Mm -hmm. And uh, or, not to say Jonak didn't deserve it, because Jonak right. was a beast all year last year, all season. But his beastliness did not carry them to a season victory. Yeah. And I, that just... I, I would rather celebrate the winner. Yeah. Feels more, feels more earned and deserved. It does. And I would like to see us as a league move in that direction. Mm -hmm. I don't... And I, I feel like, because like Overwatch is such a team-based game, too. And there's right. so much going on a lot of the times. Like this season, it's been really hard to pick out who the MVP candidate should be. Like last year, Jonak was the clear candidate was throughout it. the yeah. regular season. Everyone knew it was going to be him. Um, with some arguments for Fissure and what he did for the Gladiators, but Jonak was just clearly better than everyone else. Right. Um, this year is a lot harder to say. Um, I've, I've had my vote for Sinatra, so I'm, I'm glad that he's in, because I feel like no Zarya quite lived up to the level that no. Sinatra was. I feel like out of every role, he was the one person who was kind of a, above everyone else. Like, yeah. bumper or super, take your pick. Violet or Twilight, Take your pick. They're both great. Right. Choi Hyobin or Janu, really just take your pick. All of these roles are kind of, but no one really reached the levels on Zarya that Sinatra had. Right. And he did have, especially in season one when Shock were still kind of figuring themselves out, he had a lot of hard carries. Even in the finals against the Titans, he had some hard carries where he like, he was, it was a 3v6 and Sinatra just turns it on his head with right. like a fantastic graviton. So, but... Yeah, I would love to see more of the team based be celebrated, and I'd love to see the champions be celebrated more, as you said. Like, when Jonak got his MVP skin, freaking awesome, right? Right. But 
I would have loved like a, a Spitfire themed skin just generally. Like maybe a Tracer Spitfire pilot skin, right? Sure. So just Something have her really... in like a, a typical like fighter pilot uniform and then in Spitfire colors. Mm. And that would have probably looked sick. Um, and I think that would have been a cool thing for grand finals. It's a little extra incentive on top of a little extra prestige. I mean, the whole reason these teams are participating is is brand recognition. Yeah. Because their value that these that these investors are getting is really not from the actual victories, even the prize money from those victories. The mm -hmm. value that they get in winning is that more people recognize their brand. Yes. And the Spitfire have gained a fan base, more fans, because sure. they had a victory last year in mm -hmm. the grand finals. Yep. And so to give a little bit of incentive like that, that helps create more brand brand visibility, brand recognition throughout the whole game, I think would be a much bigger incentive than something that creates a Jonak recognition. Mm -hmm. You know, so not to say that the team skins in the game don't create some of that, because they definitely do, but right. something a little more would be great. Um, mm -hmm. we got to move on, though. Okay. All right, so you got a match of the week. you got to hit it with, hit it, hit me with it real quick. So, like, the match we're looking forward to? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm definitely going to be looking at Charge versus London. Um, in this meta, outside kind of San Francisco and Titans, I think these are looking to be your two rising stars. Okay. Um, Charge had a pretty, well, they played Philadelphia, who you would expect to do really good. Philly went 0-2. Sure. Surprising. Um, a charge looked really good. Like, Happy is just an absolute nut. <laughs> uh, and Nero is so good, too. Like, that DPS duo is looking like, in this meta, could be the best in the league. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. Um, and then London, obviously, is looking like they're in a return to form. They're, they're bodying people. They're back to DPS players, man. They feel oh. good. Yeah, so they, they're just looking crazy. Profit, just... Absolutely a menace. Um, and Guard, Sombra looks great. Bird Ring's doing fine. I mean, Gesture's back on Orissa and Winston. He is, uh, Gesture's home, fam. Yeah. Fury's eating everything you try to throw at him. And his hog looks good, too. Spitfire looks scary. So I think that's going to be probably the most exciting match next week. Um, a potential for either team to not look so good. Right. Um, because it's still so early in the week one, right? We really don't know how good teams are against other teams and like who's really the best and who's not because we have such a small sample pool. We could just go, well, I thought Philly was going to be really good and Charger was able to beat them, and they looked really good doing it. Yeah. So I think Charger going to be good, and London it looks like they've been smashing people. But I think London had an easy schedule, too. I think they played Boston and Toronto. Mm. So weren't yeah. overly challenged and they dropped a map to Toronto um, although Ivy popped off but still you London I just feel like I'm, I'm afraid that London's going to do bad but I think that should be a really good match and it's the match to start the week first match on Thursday night great Florida's going to go up against the Justice and the Spitfire next week um, you know Spitfire's oh. looking like they returned to form Justice just took out Toronto pretty convincingly, so yeah. it's going to be a struggle for them. But like you said earlier, it doesn't feel like there's any bad teams right now. feels mm -hmm. like everybody really has a chance. It definitely feels like just as a team we could beat. Like, right. Saya and um, Saya looks really good. BKB looks really good. I really think that they could control Corey and the problem that they had the, when um, they played Toronto. 
Um, Corey was just let loose. So I think we could really control that. That's definitely, that should be a fun game <laughs> to yeah. watch. And then London, um, probably going to feel a little bit more like the Titans. I think just because they're not going to be running like a crazy Genji against us, right. we'll be able to match them a little bit more. Like the way we controlled Hureg when um, the Shanghai Dragons couldn't, which is crazy, by the way, they have DM. Um, right. I think we should be able to put Potentially, well, we should be able to control Bird Ring for sure. Will we be able to control Profit? Profit's always a struggle. <laughs> and will we be able to like match Gesture on the main tank roll? Not convinced. Not with Swan in there, probably. But we, we did bring in Fate later in the map, but I All right. didn't overly impress either. So mm. we'll we'll see. Unfortunate. <laughs> well, that's all the time that we have today. Thanks so much for tuning in. I want to give a big thank you to Popped Off for all of the support and help that they give to us. Remember, we're available on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and every major podcasting platform. Make sure you follow us on social media for all sorts of news, behind-the-scenes things. Um, and uh, we did some giveaways, and those things were those were a lot of fun. Thanks, everybody, who participated. And uh, so that's that's it. That's it. I'm Allure Moore. I'm Howler. And we will see you next week. Bye-bye.